Hi and welcome to this Champions League podcast. This podcast is a part of Podcast Sport. I'm Oscar and I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I'm Daniel and uh, welcome to this podcast. As said, we're going to start off by discussing the second leg of the quarterfinals and we're going to then move on to discuss the upcoming first leg of the semifinal. But let's start first off with the quarterfinal between Juventus and Ajax. Now, in a in a opposite of the first game, which Ajax went out in the start just dominating, this was Juventus to dominate at the start. They had they they really went out strong in this game. They really pushed Ajax way down. It had many opportunities, and Ajax barely got out of their half in the first half hour of this game. And it was just a matter of time before Juventus scored. And in the 28th minute, they had a corner. A little weird decision about the centre-back delict in Ajax. And Cristiano Ronaldo headed home a 1-0 to Juventus. Which at this point meant that they were through. And uh, coming from this, Juventus really starting off quick and they're just a better team six minutes later after a mistake in the Juventus backline Donny van de Beek reaches furthest on a ball right in front of Chesney and scores 1-1 and the game is just wide open once again and it, it was weird <laughs> it was kind of weird like the Juventus pressure and then immediately Ajax uh, scoring like this it put the game in a weird, I would almost say stalemate for the rest of the half. Nothing really happened. There were a few half chances on each side, but went into went into half one one. Juventus had been a better team, but Ajax somehow managed to get that one point. Now going into the second half, we had to wait until the sixty seventh minute before something else of real interest happened. And this time, a corner from Ajax, which Matthijs Delict, the same guy who was on the fault for the for Juventus' first goal, now headed home 2-1 to one to Ajax, which actually ended up being the final result. And this would mean that Ajax actually went through against Juventus with three goals to two. Now, if you look on the stat on the entire game, it's a very even game. 13 to 14 shots with Juventus at home, of course. 3 to 4 on shots on goal. 51 to 49% uh, possession. Very even passing. Very even passing percentage. Just a very even game. But in the end, Ajax managed to get the best best of it. And they are deserved, deservedly going through. Now, going into this, I thought Juventus was going to win 2-1. You thought that Juventus was going to be in 3-1. We were both wrong. <laughs> Ajax really shot us up again, just like they did in the first round. So, can't wait what they'll do next. But yeah, moving on to the next game, and I think you will take that, correct? Yeah, that was the game between Barcelona and Manchester United that ended, or I mean started in a... Really strange way if you look at the score. It started with Manchester United pressuring Barcelona down in their own penalty area. But then, out of nowhere, after 16 minutes, Lionel Messi scored. And it really, well, it was like lightning from a clear sky. It really came from nowhere because 
United was having the go- the ball a lot. It was ridiculous in so many ways. And then they actually continued somehow having the ball after that, even if Barcelona was having some ball. And then again, not completely out of nowhere, but Lionel Messi strikes again after 20 minutes with a goal that, in my opinion, David De Gea should be able to stop. Any day of the week, or most at least. Uh, it was a really big mistake by him. Uh, and in my opinion, they never recovered from it. They they had some ball and went back and forward, but in the really it was a lot of back and forth. But in the second half, Barcelona really ended the match with a 3-0 goal by Coutinho. And if you look at the match, like from the bigger view in stats, it was. Yeah, a classical Barcelona match. 63 to 37 in uh, ball possession for Barcelona. And 13 to 9 in attempts on goal. And really, this is really impressive from both teams in my opinion. Barcelona had 92% passing accuracy and Manchester United 88. So they weren't doing a lot of mistakes. But for some reason... Manchester United just couldn't get into the box and getting the ball in there to score against them. They had so so serious problems with that, even in the beginning. Like, Yeah, they were dominating it the first 10-20 minutes. They were. I thought they were going to crush Barcelona, so Barcelona getting away with a 3-0 win here. I didn't see that coming after the first minutes. And that actually makes us having a 4-0 to zero in total for FC Barcelona against Manchester United. And yeah, I don't think any of us said it coming. I have to check here. You fought, Daniel, 2-0 to zero here to Barcelona in this match. If you can see it correct. And I fought 2-1 yeah, for Manchester United in this one. So yeah, really... In my opinion, at least, this was a shocker. Especially if you look at the start of the match. Like, I was amazed how good Manchester United was in the first minutes. Then, yeah, Lionel Messi comes out of nowhere and changes the whole match for Barcelona's favor. As he has done so many times before in a lot of matches. But really, it was an exciting match for like a half or something. Then it just died in a lot of ways. Manchester United came back attacking, but they couldn't do anything. So yeah, that ended really bad for them. Surprisingly bad, maybe. You could have seen Barcelona winning, but still. Because they have recovered from a lot of uh, losses before in the first match. But this was the second one, and yeah, they didn't bounce back this, this time. Moving on to the next match. Yes, and there we have uh, FC Porto versus Liverpool. Now, coming into this game, Porto knew they had a 2-0 oh, uh, against them, and they knew they had to come out and need to do a really good game in order to be able to move on to the semifinal. And that's exactly what they did. They flew out of the gates in this game. They pressured Liverpool so hard. 
I believe, in the end, they had 13 shots, I believe, 13 shots before Liverpool had their first. Uh, still nil at the time, but then their first goal, first shot Liverpool, came in the 26th minute, and that turned also out to be 1-0. On a very tight offside call. It was not offside, but it needed VAR to make sure that it wasn't. And it was just on the line. But 1-0 stand stood, and <laughs> it was almost like that. For the next 19 minutes of the first half, plus extra time, or added time, should I say, it literally feels like the air got out of the Porto, uh, Porto players. That 1-0 on Liverpool's first shot, they didn't really trouble for the rest of that first half. But then they they, re, uh, they gathered up again, going into the second half, and once again, they came out firing. They tried to get that uh, leveling goal to make it at least a battle. And they tried really hard, but Liverpool started to slowly come into the game. 65th minute, Salah makes it 2-0. Three minutes later, Eder Militao, which I would say was Porto's best player of the night, scored 2-1 from a corner. Eder Militao is actually moving to Real Madrid, I believe, in the summer. And he really showed uh, prominence of being good enough to play for a team like Real Madrid. So I'll be excited to see what there happens. Uh, moving on, we got nine minutes later, Firmino coming on for Rigi. I believe it was in halftime or slightly after. They started Rigi in this game instead of Firmino. And he was all right, but not much more. Firmino scored 3-1. And seven minutes later, Virgil van Dijk scored the last goal of the game, 4-1 to Liverpool. Now, looking at the stats, even at the end of the game... We have 19 shots versus 13 for Liverpool. But remember that the first 26 minutes of the game, it was 13-0. So after that, it was definitely Liverpool's game. But yeah, Porto really gave it a run for their money. They also won the shot on goal with 8-5. They slightly had more possession. They did just nine more passes. They both had around 75% passing percentage. And it wasn't even game anywhere else but the scoreline. And big kudos to Porto. They made this interesting, but they were just too good. Liverpool were just too good and ended up going through 6-1 to one against Porto over two lengths. Now, coming into this game, I thought that Liverpool was going to win with 2-1. to one. You start of a 1-1 draw. I was, again, a little bit closer, not by much, but, yeah, I would say that the, the better team won, again, Liverpool deserved to go through, but Porto has done an amazing, um, amazing competition so far, and, um, yeah, I'm glad to have watched them. But now... Let's move on to the last game of the quarterfinals. Yeah, look, I'm, I want to dub this one the crazy match between Manchester City and Tottenham. Try to follow this now in minutes. After four minutes already, we have Raheem Sterling scoring 1-0. After seven minutes, we have Son in Tottenham scoring 1-1. One, one. 
and it just keeps on going. And after 10 minutes we have Son scoring again for 2-1 Tottenham. And after 11 minutes we have Bernardo Silva making it 2-2. And after 21 minutes we have Sterling making it 3-2 Manchester City. So this match moved really back and forwards for the first minutes. It was crazy. And I'm not sure, but they were talking about some goal record there in those minutes. Like 3-2 to Manchester City in that match of 21 minutes. That's just weird. And really, that it was just firing in all cylinders. Every, everything at goal went into the goal. They didn't miss a shot on those minutes. Everything yeah. went. I believe actually to just in the flick here that the old record of five goals quickest in a Champions League game was scored after 24 minutes. I believe it was yeah. Dortmund versus Malaga, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah moving but on. That was amazing in that way. It may be not amazing if you're a defender or if you're a goalie, especially. <laughs> and if you're a manager, you, I think they hated it in one way, but. As a support, maybe not as a supporter either, but as a watcher of the game, it was so weird to see every everything, every chance just went in. But then it uh, calmed down for some time. Manchester City had was slightly better in the game. I have to say that, and uh, the half first half just continued without goals. But in the second half, Sergio, Ag- Sa- uh, sorry, Sergio Aguero. Finally scored 4-2 for Manchester City. And uh, they were thinking, oh, we're through in this, almost. Almost relaxing. Like They still control the match, but Tottenham is really dangerous when they get a chance. And after 73 minutes, Llorente scored for Tottenham, making it, making it 4-3 in the match. And then, uh, like... Uh, what was it? Uh, was it two or three minutes left? I think, if I'm not mistaken, or how many minutes were? Something in the end there. Some, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Then we had a really interesting situation that is totally right from the war. war. Uh, they were stop uh, taking the ball from Tottenham pretty high up, if I'm not totally mistaken, where it actually went mm-hmm. on a City player from a Tottenham player passing it. And uh, yeah, they got a goal disallowed for offside. That was totally correct, but nobody in the stadium saw it. Not the referee or anyone saw it. It was totally a war decision and it was totally fair. Like that. It's just sad that you win a match with 4-3 and you actually don't go past the stage because of away goals because Tottenham won the first match with 1-0 to zero. so yeah really we- we- weird one because like Manchester City was already celebrating that they have uh, gone through when uh, that that uh, war decision came I think actually Pep Guardiola had been celebrating for around 36 whole seconds before it came or something like that if I'm not mistaken they, they said some, uh, something in those terms and yeah that was like going from heaven to hell for him really fast and they pushed and pushed and pushed and couldn't score in the end so yeah like i said Tottenham went through this 
two mi- uh, two matches with a total score of four to four in goals, but more away goals than Manchester City, because Tottenham won with one to zero in London. So yeah, a really strange match. Manchester City had twenty to eleven attempts on uh, total. Not all of them on goal, of course. And uh, yeah, you could uh, see the normal Manchester City way with 63 against 37 in advantage of having the ball. Nothing strange there. So yeah, a really interesting and really amazing match, at least in the beginning to see. Like, if you blinked, you would miss a goal, almost. And like, uh, if you watch another match and you see those flash scores, they couldn't keep 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 in uh, keep the same pay, uh, pace at all. So really interesting one, and not maybe the best, ma- uh, most well played match in that matter. But yeah, funny to see if we love goals. So it was really a match for worth seeing in that in that matter. Moving on to the semifinals. Now the first game we're going to talk about is Tottenham versus Ajax. Now. This this is the out of the four teams left, these are definitely the two smaller teams. Which is a fun dynamic that they're the two like in quotation mark smaller teams and they're the two biggest teams. But looking at this, we have Tottenham who beat out Manchester City, they beat out Dortmund before that, really shocker, while Ajax have beaten out Juventus and Real Madrid in their last two rounds and i'm really looking forward to this i think it's going to be a a really uh hard fought game and if you look at right now the injury the injury lists looking into the first leg at tottenham it's still quite heavy we have aurier out with a hamstring injury and he might be back we're not sure Harry Kane with an ankle injury. He's not ready. He's probably going to be out for a while. Once again, though, we have no real return dates, but he's not going to be ready, I don't think. I've heard rumors he might be ready for a uh, potential final if they get it there. Maybe. I've heard a a red little uh, quote from Pochettino saying that, but time will tell. We have Eric Lamella uh, with a hamstring injury. Also... Unknown will he be back? We have Harry Winks with a groin injury, also unknown. They they might be ready for this game. They might not. Time will tell. And then we have for the last injury, we have Musa Sissoko, which been I would say surprisingly important for that midfield. Out with a groin injury, and he's touted to be back in early May, but not early enough to be ready for this game. To be fair, this place on the last of April, I believe. So it's not even the right month. But yeah, he's he's probably ready for the second leg. They think that already, but yeah, not for this. They also have a very heavy suspension in Yumin Son, the guy who scored two goals against Manchester City in the f- final game, which uh, Pope has talked about. And it's just been very important for Tottenham whenever Kane has been injured this season. He's suspended with too many yellow cards. So it's only out for one game, and then he'll be back. Uh, looking, though, at Ajax, they only have one real injury, and that's their 
uh, fullback Nusser Mazraoui, who got injured. He was suspended in the first game against Juventus. He got back, and in the seventh minute of the game, he got injured. And in the ninth, he got substituted. And yeah, we have uh, no knowledge of when he'll be back. So, yeah, with that in mind, looking at predictions. Now, I'm going to go with a 2-1 Ajax win. Without Kane, without Son, I think it's going to be very hard for Tottenham to score. But uh, what do you think before we talk more about that? Yeah, I'm going even crazier, if you call it that. I'm going with a 3-1 Ajax win. Hmm. You think even more goals yeah. against Yuri and, and his backline? Yeah, I, I really think they, this is their chance to get those goals and everything. Mm. And Yeah, true. Missing Sissoko, missing Winks. Uh, like, missing. They don't have a very strong midfield right now, Tottenham, so missing them players is actually going to be heavy. But uh, who do you think will score the goal? If, uh, say, Hurricane won't be there, Son, which often scores goal in his, in his absence, who do you think will score Tottenham's goal? I'm going for the the guy who was amazing against uh, Dortmund, Vertonghen. <laughs> the centre-back turned goal scorer. Yeah, I'm going for him. Mm. With a head goal. Just to make mm. it fun. Yeah, <laughs> I actually went for, uh, in my mind. I either think uh, Llorente says he's going to probably play up top in this game, or that's at least my thought about it. Or maybe Deli Ali, since he seems to be back and, and fit for fight. Uh, either of them, I think, will score. But yeah, I agree. Looking at what Ajax did to Real Madrid, did with two Juventus, I don't think uh, Tottenham has any dreams of being able to contain that attacking, even though their defense was really strong in the first game against Manchester City at home. I just don't think their 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 defense in midfield is going to be strong enough. This is Ajax chance in uh, two ways. This is an away ma- match. It's a lot of players gone for Tottenham. And those away goals are so important. You can never say that too much, that the away goals are so damn important because they count the most in one way. So yeah, definitely. If, if they really take advantage of this situation uh, in situation in Tottenham, I think they're going through this if they do that. Because I have, see, I have seen their defense when they play some matches against really good teams. They have played against really strong teams with that defense. They could defend the win for this if they get away with a 3-1 score away against Tottenham. They could win this by defending at home. I, I don't yeah. think they will go into Tottenham no. defense, but they could. Like They are so good at it. If Tottenham needs to keep Ajax away from scoring in this one. Yeah. I agree. Although I don't think, just as you, I don't think I. If they say, if say they win this game three to one, uh, I don't think they will go defensive at home because I don't feel that's their style. But they are strong, strong enough defensive. They're going to be very smart uh, at the Ancroft Arena next week, or the week after, should I say? Um, but yeah, interesting. Very important first tie, definitely. 
Yeah, in so many. Right now, Ajax is definitely the favorite in my book. Yeah, even if they're not favorites, if you look at the team size and league size and everything. But they have done it amazing. They deserve to be in the final. Yeah. They have shown that league size doesn't matter if you have a good, cohesive team. And that's exactly what Ajax has right now. They they have the experience head in uh, in uh, Blind in the uh, back line and uh, Dusan Tadic up top with the youngsters of of Van der Beek, of De Ligt, of De Jong. So, yeah, they have a good mix there. I actually think that they had, uh, 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 don't quote me on this, they had, if you count, like, uh, if you count everyone and put that together, what what's the, like, what is, is the English word for it? The age, if you look at the whole thing. Yeah, average age, yeah, average I age. guess. Exactly. I think they had a, absolutely one of the youngest teams, if you count from round of 16 and after that. Oh, yes. Yeah, I uh, believe their starting lineup, or at least, was something like 25. And that's with 30-plus-year-olds like Blind, like Tadish is 29. Uh, in that team, and I also think they have a midfielder whose name right now is 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 eluding me, but I believe they have a midfielder also thirty plus, so definitely increasing them in their age as well. Yeah, so that's a really exciting team. I know that at least one of their best players are going away from them next season, sadly. Yeah, but what a team they have got they got them together there. Wow. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So let's move on to the second game. Yeah, and, uh, this th- is yours to take away. Yeah, I think this is the one who's going to be the most even in my book, at least. It's FC Barcelona against Liverpool. And we start off in Barcelona with the first one. And injury-wise, for Barcelona, it's just Rafinha. That's pro- uh, and he's probably gone for the rest of the season. Actually, for them, he has been gone for a while now also. So I think they have already counted him out of the like the squad for the Champions League. Yeah, and probably. He's been injured, I think, since November, if I yeah, saw I, the facts correct. Yeah, I don't correct. think he's in the squad, like in, on the paper, even. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's their only injury, and no suspensions at all. But moving to Liverpool, they have three guys on the injury list. We have Fabinho with a head injury, unknown time. We have Roberto Firmino with a muscle injury, unknown time. And we had um, Adam Lalana with a muscle injury, unknown time. So yeah, in my book, the most important of them might be Firmino. If I have to choose. But like, in my opinion, they could still uh, replace them. Like they're 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 not unreplaceable in that team at all. They have some good players to put in there otherwise, but maybe not in the same class, but they could still replace them. They're not falling with those guys. And Barcelona has done the usual Barcelona thing going to this into this match and beating everyone and yeah, it's just a matter of time until they go out because even if they are a really good team, they don't win Champions League that much anymore. And Liverpool, correct me here if I'm wrong, Daniel, but they were in the final last year? 
correct. They were up against Real Madrid. Exactly. And that was... uh, uh, Do I even dare to say the name if someone, Liverpool supporter, (laughs) is listening to this? But I'm saying it anyway. It was Karius' match. And not in a good way. Yeah, he did not have a fine afternoon. Yeah, that was the famous match that... He messed it up in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, that was really bad for them. But they have a good, really good squad now. And if I might say it, they are in the race for the Premier League. Like, they are really pushing Manchester City there. They have a really, really good team. At their best, they, they could beat anyone. That's the same with FC Barcelona. So yeah, this is the tougher match of those two. The other one is, in my opinion, that's that's uh, this is like I I can't predict what this one over two matches. So I'm just telling you what I think for the first one. In prediction wise, I'm going for two to one for FC Barcelona in this one. So what are you going for, Daniel? I'm going for a 2-2 draw at the new camp. The camp new, or however you're going to say it. That's going to be interesting for the next one after that. Yeah, because even though the three injuries for Liverpool, they are believed to be ready, uh, be ready for the game, and I'm hoping that they are. Um, Like you said, they might be able to replace them, but they're definitely going to be. I think a drop in in um, in their class. Absolutely, I would say Firmino. Fabinho has been really good in that CDM spot, but I think they can replace him if they needed to. Uh, Lalana hasn't played for a long while, so I don't. I doubt he will even fit in the team right now as he's playing. But yeah, Barcelona has Messi. That's all we need to know really about them. <laughs> he he's gonna be a nuisance for. Uh, Robertson and probably Van Dyke. I'm guessing. I don't know though. Do they want to try to maybe man mark Messi with Van Dyke, or maybe then Messi would just drop off and that will leave for places for Suarez and for Coutinho or Dembele, whoever plays on the left hand side. So, but yeah, they're not going to be able to stop Messi the entire game, but neither will Barcelona be able to stop the uh, so dangerous Liverpool front three. Of uh, Mani Firmino and Salah. Yeah, they are really well, like they are really good in the league. That trio. If you if you count that, I don't know the exact numbers in Champions League, but wow, they are beating away in the league. Mm. So yeah, that would be a really. And the fact game. that you, you can you can you can block out one of those three, and the other two will just uh, work together and score. Like, it doesn't matter who you block out. They're equally as good, all three. And they work so well together that it's hard to to freeze the entire attack out because, yeah. Plus, then you got Robertson, you got Alexander-Arnold coming on the wings, and you got a very sturdy midfield. Yeah, Liverpool is just hard to beat any day of the week, so. Yeah, they're really tough. And they, like, you can see that in the league also when it comes to them. And Barcelona is... Of course, they have done more mistakes than Liverpool in the league, I think. Yeah. 
I believe, though, I might be mistaken, but I, I think I've heard the correct that Barcelona has secured the league title this year after, even though they're played badly. So they yeah. will now, I think, be able to focus more on the Champions League because now they have won. Um, I think <laughs> I might be wrong here. I have not actually looked this up beforehand. I should have done, but I didn't. So, hey, um, Liverpool is still in, in a big hunt to try to track that match city, as you've said. So in that sense, Liverpool still has two fronts to play. And, and Barcelona, I don't know how it is in the Spanish Cup or whenever it's played or if Barcelona is doing that or Liverpool in any domestic cups in England. I don't actually know that, but yeah. Liverpool is, if I'm not mistaken, I'm doing the predictions on my channel. They are out of every English cup, if I'm not totally mistaken. Okay, so they just got league in the Champions League. So yeah. they got two tournaments to care about. And yeah, Barcelona, Barcelona has, well, at least one. Yeah, don't quote me so, on this yeah. one. But I, if I remember correctly, Barcelona is not that sort of a team that puts on the B team in a match just because they won the league already. No, but I mean, they don't have to focus as hard, yeah. so they can make sure their first full team is rested for an important Champions League team class so and lately, they're not going to pull the full, full they're gonna, not going to play the full B team yeah. they're going to make sure that all the players that need rest gets it yeah. Before, so. yeah, a long time ago I know that Messi didn't rest any match at all he does that <laughs> sometimes now if I'm not mistaken there I like he's not playing as many minutes anymore not all the time mm-hmm. at least that he was before so maybe they would rest him some more minutes or something like that that was totally unthinkable just a few years ago, I know that. But yeah, they, I think they will uh, wrote it more now than they did like five to six years ago in the team. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yeah. This, is gonna, this is definitely going to be an interesting game. Yeah, both are in okay. a lot of ways. If you <laughs> like try to move past the fact that it's a little Ajax nowadays is much smaller than they were a lot of years ago. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, how small can they be when they made it to the Champions League of the or semi-final of the Champions League? Sorry, I said it in the wrong way there. <laughs> so and like they won, I believe they won the Champions League in '95, I believe. But that was before. They changed some of the rulings. That's before some of the big money started pouring into football. It's way harder now for a small team to actually go far yeah, in yeah. the Champions League because this is now where the big teams have got that much more money. So even in this sense, it's actually... This might be a slightly controversial saying, but they have almost like equaled... Uh, just making it to the semi-final of the 2019 Champions League or the 1819 Champions League is equally as big of a <laughs> occasion or whatever you can say as their win in 95. Yeah. And yeah, and in many ways you can almost see them as the favorites going into the game against Tottenham because of how well they'll be playing. So, And the funny thing is, in my opinion, they actually had the worst way here. 
Like they, yeah. they, they have faced the worst uh, opposition. Like if you look at what every team has faced this far, they have been the one taking the biggest teams against them. Yeah. Um, no easy yeah. match at all, if I'm I think, not mis- mistaken, uh, from the round of 16 to now. Yeah. I would say Tottenham is uh, quite close with Dortmund. I th- we thought they would be better than they turned out to be. But I would still rate them as very very highly as a team. Yeah. But yeah, they're definitely the but number like, two in my, in my book. Been, but yeah. I have, every time we have uh, had this discussion, we have been just like, oh, poor Ajax almost. Yeah. Like, why are they this, this, Yeah. I remember before we started, or right, right when the Route of 16 was... You know, right when we saw the the draw for the first time, it's like, oh, great! This is Ajax, big year. They have this amazing group of young talent, and they get Real Madrid in the round of sixteen. Like, wow, great! This was their big year, and here comes the last three years winners. They're gonna beat them out instantly, and then they got past that. And there's like, okay, yeah, but now they got Juventus. With Cristiano Ronaldo, which moved there, and Juventus is completely steamrolling Serie A, and like, yeah, they're gonna go out now, and they didn't. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. what a what a team. Even if they yeah. don't win, they're like the moral sh- champions in that way. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and then the fun thing is, they have not played boring, safe football to get here. They played some of the most offensive, more in, most enjoyable football in in the entire Champions League uh, knockout so far. So, I mean, they they really deserve being here because they have they have outplayed they out they outplayed Juventus. It wasn't a fluke that they went through; they actually deserved it in both times. Yeah. And that was amazing. And we have been predicting them out and out and out and out. This is actually, I think, this is the first time we actually predict them to do it. Yeah. And then probably just to be commentators cursed and not going to go out. But yeah. I, <laughs> and I hope they out. won't. Because, uh, yeah, exactly. They're, they're kind of like, why did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I can't wait. This, this is going to be so fun. Jumping in the sofa on Tuesday and th- Wednesday night. Just, uh, yeah, enjoying these games. Yeah, these will be amazing. In a lot of ways. And I, I can't wait like to see who goes to the final. Yeah. I'm a little bit sad that Porto went out. It would be really funny to have Ajax against Porto in the final. Like, <laughs> who could have imagined that? Yeah, that would be two small teams against each other. That would be... The ultimate head scratcher of what happened to the big teams yeah, in the exactly. Champions League round. Like, but yeah, sadly, not this time. Yeah, but Porto really impressed me anyway. Like going to the quarterfinals for a team like Porto, good job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And they come up against a really strong team in Liverpool, and they tried. They weren't quite good enough. Yeah, I was even shocked that when they were beating Roma, if I'm correct. Yep. Yeah, I was shocked there. Even. I thought Roma yeah. could do that. Yeah, we both thought that. Yeah. So they are going against us at every turn. So uh, sorry, Ajax, if you get, uh, get knocked out because we 
predicted that they were go- going to win, but yeah. You're playing way too yeah. good to not say that they were going to win. Not that Tottenham has played bad, but yeah, losing those players, that's just too much. Yeah, that's what we think, but that's also what we thought in going into the Dortmund game, and look how wrong we was then, so. Yeah. <laughs> Football is played on grass, not paper, and uh, I, I've said that before, and I'm probably going to say it again. It's one of my favorite sayings when it comes to football. Because yeah. you can sit here like we're doing. We can look at stats. We can look on injury list. We can look on form. We can look on players, everything we want. But in the end, it's on grass. And anything can happen. Exactly. Like, oh, so, even one that, that's, wrong that, That's why we keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, even if one wrong bounce somewhere on the field could completely change a match. Yeah. Like the, it's amazing in that way. Agreed. Yeah. So yeah, we have talked about every match now, and we have also done our predictions for the first leg in the semifinals at least. Where we will be back for the second leg also and we'll do a recap of the first matches, how they went, and of course talk about what we think for the next one. But that will be after these matches has already been played. So I hope you liked listening to us rambling about Champions League. So, and uh, yeah, I really liked doing this podcast and we will continue all the way through the Champions League so yeah thank you from me and Daniel and like I said I hope you enjoyed it that's all for us for this time bye bye